Hello and welcome to Can Queer, home of Canada's queer media. My name is Luke Smith. And I'm Sebastian. And uh, yeah, we are in 2022. This is the first time we've recorded a show this year. It is actually January the 2nd, that time of recording. Mm-hmm. So yeah, day two, has anybody died? Any, any end of world news that's carried over? Not really. Um, I mean, I, I kept it light on New Year's. I drank half a bottle of port, but I am still feeling a bit rough around the edges uh for just dumb reasons staying up late watching movies yep i mean i I, uh, I was with family in oakville uh there was a very competitive game of harry potter themed uno okay so that was uh that that took a a couple of hours uh you know how competitive uno can get um i'll tell you this actually so my my roommate's boyfriend has been staying with us for a couple days he moved to belgium some time ago uh, so he's just back in Canada, and uh, I successfully got the same song stuck in everybody's head uh, for all day because uh, he was saying that he didn't think that the cat likes music. And I said, oh, ho, 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 you're super wrong because I listen to a lot of music, and I discovered some time ago that this cat loves Bossa Nova. And somehow, I got the girl from Ipanema stuck in everyone's head. <laughs> Including the cat. Including the cat, yeah, yeah. Wow. I'll tell that's... you this, the cat prefers the older version, like the original version that's in like a weird, it's not even a weird key, it's a weird mode. You know, it's very, so the, the modern ones, she doesn't seem to like. The older ones, like the original Bossa Nova version that she likes, she really She's loves Bossa Nova. She, uh, you know, she appreciates... The originals. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, uh, now it's considered old fashioned, but bossa nova literally means the new sound. So I mean, it's it 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 was this hip modern casual thing. And actually, there is this sort of an attitude because uh, uh, over the past year, music was pretty down tempo, and um, you can kind of see these trends over time. So like early '90s music was just like hard thumping and loud rock, and then by around '96, everything was really chill like everything but the girl uh, charted, that kind of thing. So it was just like, you see these cycles in history of like high energy, low energy, you know, 2021 was the year of mumble rap uh, and uh, just really low energy. So um, Bossa Nova was just one of those periods of like nice and slow and cats in general, for some reason, like, trust me, play Bossa Nova for your cats. They might like it. It's weird. You know, what always jumped out at me was the the mid 2000s where there was loads of pop songs with unnecessary rap. Yeah. Just like halfway through the third verse, there would just uh-huh. be a, a, like a, a rap solo yep. for like a few bars. And yep. then it would go back to the song. And it's like, why is that there? And it wasn't 102. So yep. many of it them had mostly, unnecessary yeah. rap. Do you know I'm what I used to call rap that? It's not unnecessary, not necessary. I just don't think you need to shoehorn it into every pop song. Yeah, no. Uh, Deltron Thirty Thirty is one of my favorite albums of all time. But yeah, no, I used to call that an interruption. It was an interruption. Yeah, absolutely. And 2011 was a weird year for dance hits with accordion in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you remember then, that, yeah, there was an accordion <laughs> uh, trend. Uh, uh, um, the Gilo had a song with accordion. The email anyway. that I have had in my, my ear um, is We Don't Talk About Bruno from the Encanto movie. I have now watched Encanto three times. 
Okay. Uh, I forced Jake to watch it this morning. Um, he's like, this song has no right being a bop, but okay. it is a bop. Okay, okay. <laughs> it's It really is an A-worm. That and uh, Service Pressure, also from Encanto. But it's Lin-Manuel Miranda. I think Lin-Manuel Miranda is on his way to becoming the Sondheim of this generation. Like, he really is. He's He's incredible. So, you know, every culture has that one movie they play at Christmas every year. Yeah. Like in the States, they play A Christmas Story. I spent the holidays watching that movie from a whole bunch of different cultures. So I watched uh, La Guerre des Turcs, which is a Canadian classic. It's translated. I hate the, the English translation of this movie. It's called The Dog Who Stopped the War, which is a spoiler about how the movie ends. You don't put a spoiler in the title. I don't know who did that, but they need a slap. I watched a, a Russian movie called Morosko, and it had, well, two things. Uh, it had a cat uh, riding a toboggan. And I could, it's this wonderful like fairy tale of a movie, but the cat riding a toboggan was my favorite part. And my second favorite part was they had a fantastic Baba Yaga. And Baba Yaga was in like her house with chicken legs, but it looked like a, like a Power Rangers character. It was like just a dude in a suit in a house, with, like these chicken legs walking around in the forest. And it was amazing. I definitely recommend Morosco, but like watch it with friends uh, and not sober. I had a great time watching it with the roommate. We were drinking. We were laughing at it. I think it's meant to be laughed at, I hope. Uh, and then we watched, uh, the reason why I mentioned this is because we also watched um, The Peanut Butter Solution, also known as La Solution de Belle Peanut, which was made in Quebec. And it features, in the closing credits, the first English language song ever done by Celine Dion. More you know. More you know, yeah. And she was just like weirded out by this crazy Canadian movie about like a guy who gets so scared by a ghost that his hair falls out. And then the ghost teaches him how to make a magic potion to make his hair grow back, but then it won't stop growing. So it's a, uh, yeah, no. And it, it, and that's before it goes off the rails. It's a good movie, but it's weird. And it's for kids, apparently. I don't know. Yeah, there's, we watched uh, a lot of the Studio Ghibli movies and uh, they're also apparently for kids. And I'm like, how do you explain this plot in under uh, yeah, 20 minutes? And it's... Yeah, Nazca Valley, Valley of the Winds is the one where it's like, this is not for kids. The rest, yeah, absolutely. But I made you watch Nazca and you're like, that was art. It was yeah. a beautiful movie. So there was one other news story that came out after we did the Big Gay Quiz of the Year. Um, first of all, congratulations to Isis Couture, the Ottawa Queen. Uh-huh. Um, I had wanted her to win RuPaul's Drag Race Canada, and she did. Fantastic. Okay. Well done. Um, the other, yeah, the story that came out was, you know how everyone did their sort of year in reviews, and some people were a bit slow, we're still releasing them now, mm-hmm. even though we're in the next one. Grinder, which is one of the world's largest hookup apps, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it really is the preserve of gay men. Oh yes, or men that, uh, that that intercourse with with men. Yes, and uh, it's it's used a lot in the Western world. They released a number, sort of, what country has the highest percentage of people who identify as tops or bottoms or verse. Um, that's a bit misleading because not some countries use other apps. But what mm-hmm. I thought was really interesting is when they were looking at the highest percentage of people on the app who are looking for right now, uh-huh. right now, this very minute, I need, I need male attention this very minute. Um, number one, USA, apparently lots of Americans really need human interaction this very minute, followed by <laughs> Australia, so okay. far on brand. 
Okay. Uh, then the UK. Okay. Then Ireland. Okay. And then Canada. I don't know if it's like the Anglo world doesn't really do dating, apparently. Anglo gay world doesn't do dating. But it is interesting that it is the US, Australia, UK, Ireland, and Canada. Yeah, that we can't are, behind uh, Ireland. Wait, yeah. Ireland? No, wait. There's Ireland and no, Northern Ireland is independent, and Ireland is part of the UK, which is which. My brain forgets. Well, both of them, because the UK would have had Northern Ireland, and Ireland oh, right. would Fair have been enough. the other okay. one. Right, right, okay. I just think it's really interesting, because when you look at the highest number of tops, the countries are Philippines, Colombia, Argentina, Israel, India. <laughs> and that's a broad, you know, that's a trip around the globe there. Mm-hmm. And uh, the bottoms is, uh, where are we? Vietnam, China, South Africa, Peru, and Poland. Yet again, big old trip around the world. But when you look at the, uh, you know, the grinder users that need something this very minute, Mm -hmm. Anglo, every one of them. Mm. (laughs) I don't know what that says about uh, gay English uh, culture, but apparently patience is not our virtue. Yeah, is what I'm going to surmise out of that information. The other Canadian story we've been following, which is a lot more serious, of course, and something we'd be keeping an eye on. Uh, Denise Ho is a, a democracy um, advocate in Hong Kong. Uh, mm-hmm. can, a Canadian citizen, Canadian born, um, is a canto pop star, mm-hmm. huge in, uh, obviously, uh, China, based out of Hong Kong for the mm-hmm. longest time. Mm-hmm. Um was recently arrested by, in this case, it would have been, of course, Hong Kong authorities, but uh, following, you know, the handover and most recently, as people have seen in the news, uh, Chinese authorities have really stepped up their Hmm. their control over Hong Kong. Um, I believe she was recently rounded up uh, in the latest crackdown on, on democracy activism. Yeah, it has to be about activism and not necessarily about being out because Canto Pop has a rich history of uh, openly LGBTQ folks. And I only know this because I used to bloody live in Hong Kong. So I can tell you Andy Lau has been openly gay for a long time. Um, Aaron Kwok, who transitioned into making movies uh, some time ago, he's been openly bisexual for a while. Faye Wong has been openly bisexual for a while. So there's, they have a, a and I think, um, uh, what was his name? I think his name was, but I can't remember his English name. Uh, but yeah, they, they have this, they, they do have a history of people being like openly bisexual or openly queer of, of some variety in Hong Kong. So, I mean, it, it's got to be the political activism. Not that that makes it better. Yeah, no, unfortunately, you've hit the nail on the head. Foreign, yeah. Foreign Affairs Minister Melanie Jolie uh, tweeted last week, uh, obviously, they're engaged and ready to provide assistance. Global mm-hmm. Affairs is is doing what they can, but yep. limited legally. Uh, but went on to say, Canada will always stand up to support democracy and freedom of the press. We are deeply concerned by the arrests in Hong Kong of current and former board members and staff from Stand News, including mm. Canadian citizen and activist Denise Hall. So um, we'll keep an eye on the story as it develops. There's growing pressure for Canada to do a bit more um, to to help them out. Um, uh, Hull had grown up in Montreal, so it's certainly something for us to keep an eye on. Right, we're going to jump to our first song. This is uh, I Wish You Didn't Exist by Tia, and uh, we will be back just after this. (laughs) 
the price of your lies So I'ma lock the door and throw away the key So I can hide away from you But when I lock the door and throw away the key You always find your way back to me I wish you didn't exist Welcome back to Cancri, home of Canada's queer media. My name is Luke Smith. I'm Sebastian. And uh, <laughs> I was going to be edited. <laughs> and it's the, we're recording on the second. You're listening to us uh, probably in the first week of 2022 as you're either at home recovering from COVID uh, or because... <laughs> Uh, everyone I know, I think, is at home recovering from Omicron. Or you are at work ready to start off the new year. I am dreading my work email inbox. It is mm-hmm. giving me uh, palpitations. But we have another 51 weeks ahead of us, mm-hmm. uh, Sebastian, for Can Queer, assuming that we're going to go the whole 51, and I'm, I'm guessing here. Uh-huh. Um, what would you like us to like do you have anybody that you would like us to interview this year like someone that you think we should try and get that person now you're springing this question on me you asked me a question whilst you think about it i'll tell you (laughs) who mine is Um, i wouldn't mind reaching out and interviewing randy boissonneau again okay yeah he was the first lgbt secretary for the canadian government of a unique original position he lost his election Mm-hmm. 
fell out of government, uh, was re-elected. And uh, now I think he has a different role in, in government this time around. Um, but I would be curious to see and sort of check in on what the progress of the Secretariat is. Like, what are they doing? Mm. And um, what are they working on? What's their big, you know, projects? Mm-hmm. Um, and just see where where all that is at. I think that okay. would be that's something that I would like to do this year. Okay, okay. Um, I have sort of a uh, this is an easy answer. Sort of like you know when people ask what celebrity would you have dinner with, dead or alive? My answer is Dolly Parton. Not because I'm a particular fan of her music. I just think she'd be a good company. And on a similar note uh my answer would be rita vega yes because i i have no idea what i would ask her as you know i'm only very very distantly remotely interested in 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 drag race uh but rita vega just seems like good company it'd be a funny interview that's that's what i got i don't know we'll make it up we'll find a reason to to... we'll we'll find a reason (laughs) to interview uh rita vega and uh yeah we'll make it happen Mm-hmm. So let us know who do you think we should interview this year and what topics would you like us to explore? Tweet at TalkCancrea is where you can find us and uh, let us know your thoughts. You can also leave a comment on Podbean, I think, and I believe that you can rate us now on, on Spotify. People forget we're on Spotify. Uh, my own sister was like, you're on Spotify? I'm like, yes, yes. Yeah. We have 200 other episodes on Spotify. We have been there for a while. So, yeah. If I paid the money for Spotify, I'd be on there all the time. But I, I just, it, the, the number of commercials doesn't bother me. It's the fact that it's the same two commercials on repeat for two weeks and then they refresh them and there just comes a point where I would rather just not. So I like Spotify, but really only if you, because you pay the money for Spotify. I and think when you, Jake does. Yeah. When yeah. you turn on Spotify, I'm like, this is great. What are we listening to? And uh, yeah. But uh, it's not no ads. It's great. Yeah. No. Yeah. With no ads, it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, that is uh, that is that. Now, what do you think? We one of the things that we wanted to do today is yeah. predict what is coming down the pipeline for 2022. I'll I'll kick it off whilst yes. you get your thinking boots on. No, um, I have a list. Have oh, you list. have a list. Wow. Yeah. You were, you were busy. Um, yeah. First of all, I think we can expect in spring. Um, some decisions to be made on the LGBT uh, purge memorial. Mm, so yes. yeah, that's the story I expect that we will pick up later this year. I think, I think they'll be making a decision on that design, and then we can uh, let people know what we think. Yes, I think in March we're probably going to tell a story of one to nine people being removed from the board of directors of Toronto Bride. Just because it's an annual tradition. Wow, you're expecting Pride Toronto to collapse again <laughs> this year. Um, I'm, not or, gonna, I, I'm, I'm not gonna rest my hat on Toronto Pride. Okay. But I will agree that at least one of our mega cities will have some kind of pride board collapse meltdown um yeah, yeah this year absolutely yeah yeah it's it's they are connect yeah 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 that's a good prediction that's a yeah. very good prediction uh 2021 was almost a good year for japan 
I think 2022, we're going to see maybe not marriage because marriage has a very specific meaning in Japanese culture, but some kind of at least legal level, like, you know, hospital visitation and property rights, things like that, um, that uh, uh, marriage for same-sex couples in Japan will be equalized, I think. It's interesting you say that because when we look at the Canadian context, you know, for years, white gay men, such as myself, mm-hmm. have said, oh, all our battles are won. We have, we have done them all. And um, very often the, the reproach has been, you know, but we really haven't. There are so many things, so many injustices in the yeah. law that need to be addressed. Yeah. Um, with the the banning, obvious ones. Yeah. Like if, if you said the obvious fights have been won, I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. With um, the banning of conversion therapy, for example, and some of the other decisions that we saw in uh, 2020 and 2021, Mm -hmm. I actually do not predict any major court cases or legislation in 2022 affecting LGBT rights. Yeah, I think in Canada, it's going to be crickets. I think there's going to be super quiet because I don't think that there's anything pivotal that you know is 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 resting on a court case or a piece of legislation a lot of it has been decided in in larger acts and decisions i think okay in terms of individual court cases like person a does bad thing to person b and they take them to court i think yeah i think we're gonna see that hate crimes might move a little bit we might see some hate crime stuff but mm-hmm. in terms of like major rights, you know, balancing acts, I, I think we're going to see nothing. Mm. And that's my prediction. I predict nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been movement on social media. And by movement, I mean immigration. There is uh, rumblings that there's going to be a mass exodus from or just sort of a great abandonment. Like people aren't going to delete their Facebook accounts, but people are just paying attention to social media less and less. Uh, The first studies showing that social media was bad for you came out about 10 years ago. But last year we had, you know, the, the, I cannot remember her name, but the higher executives basically like defected and said, we within Facebook did all these studies that prove that social media is really bad for you, especially young people. um, So you should limit your exposure, et cetera. I think people are really starting to pay attention to that. And I think, um, things that are more dialogue based, like Reddit is actually exploding, but I think things that are purely image based where, you know, that sort of fake gloss, that kind of thing, people are starting to turn away from that. So I think we're probably going to see a few, at least one social media app is, I mean, one social media app is going to collapse one way or another because that happens every year. Um, it could just be something as simple as like, you know, TikTok gets, gets bought out and then absorbed into some other app or something well, like that. I don't think it's going to be TikTok because TikTok was the most trafficked yeah, yeah. domain in all of 2021. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ahead of Google and Microsoft. Yeah. And, you know, it's, yeah, that's not going anywhere. But you know but, what I mean? Like that, that broad idea. Absolutely. Yeah. I actually, I think to pick up on what you're saying, I think the gay community is going to go IRL. I think it's going to go in real life. Yeah, And I think 2022, we're going to see an explosion in terms of, you know, recreational board game meetups and Mm. uh, pop up new gay soccer leagues and, Mm -hmm. you know, know, watching movies in the park. And I think all of these much, much smaller 
events yeah. that bring people together in groups of five to 10 uh, are going to, or even, you know, with a couple of sports teams, maybe 20 people. I yeah. think we're going to see way more of that. And my prediction which is a risky prediction because COVID has shut down the last two years. Oh yeah. But my prediction is that the gay community in 2022 is that queer culture is going to happen in person is what I'm predicting for 2022. It seems like um, the writings on the wall for clubs, not, not just, you know, gay bars and gay clubs, but bars and clubs in general, uh, at least dance clubs. it, It seems like, um, you know, the age of the discotheque is long since done. We're not really making music that is made for dancing to anyway. Obviously, like when society opens back up again, that will change because the music industry adapts to society and vice versa. But it does look like um, more of a European model where there's more special events. Because if you look at the Netherlands, like the Netherlands has some dance clubs and you can go out on a Saturday night in a major city like the Hague or Amsterdam and go to a dance club, but generally speaking, not really, but a lot of Dutch cities have massive summer festivals. And if you're willing to get into a car and drive and Amsterdam's uh, not, uh, the Netherlands is not a huge country. You don't have to go far. There's every weekend in the summer and spring and early fall in the Netherlands, some village somewhere has a massive outdoor festival. And I think we're going to start moving in that direction and less towards regular clubs. Cause I don't think bars and clubs are as profitable as they used to be. Whereas large events, you know, you get your main stage, you get your big names, you can attract more people. I think we're going to head more in that direction. And the certainly for, for gay men, there's been this history of like, you know, the white party and the black party and black and blue and uh, the they're, Fire they're Island names Festival. of circuit parties. Yeah, huge, yeah, yeah. huge parties with somewhere between two and 20,000 attendees, depending on the year. So we're going to see a lot more of those <laughs> is what I think in the long term, just because they're they're done deals. They're guaranteed. People travel. There's tourism based on it, whereas a local bar, it's getting really hard to stay open, especially with property prices the way they are a lot of places places just can't afford their lease so i think it's, it's going to be a special event basis from now on so another prediction i have is that uh everybody's gonna be a bit gayer in in <laughs> 20 in, in 2022 and what i mean uh-huh. by that is maybe not everybody but in particular gen z mm-hmm. you know we are seeing far more male-on-male affection mm-hmm. and companionship and kissing each other on the cheek and painting your nails bright blue because it matches your sweater. And it's, it's we're seeing so much uh, emotional maturity, I think, in the, the Gen Z in terms of how they are managing their relationships with women in their lives and with men in their lives mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I think that we're going to see the younger generation really... You know, you're going to see men holding hands and you think, oh, that's a gay couple, but it's going to be yeah. like India. They're just going to be friends. You know, it's it's going to be really interesting to see the younger generation break down expectations of where what people perceive and what the reality is. And I'm very excited about that. I don't necessarily think calling it gayer is the right analysis, although I do. I'm not disagreeing with you. It's just like if you look at pictures of the Victorian era and the Wild West, which it blows my mind, but like that was the same period of history. Like Oscar Wilde 
so went maybe, to the maybe wild. Maybe I should West. have said there would be. There's going to be a lot more same-sex intimacy without necessarily being homosexual. You well, yeah. I, I would frame it as less self-repression because you have all those pictures of like Victorian gentlemen who are like sitting on each other's laps or holding hands and cowboys, and they weren't necessarily gay couples. They were just friends, and they're like, okay, you know, this is. 1873 we're going to take your picture and now hold perfectly still for 10 minutes and one of them's like well i'm taking a seat and the other one's like well i'm just going to sit in your knee so i think it, and nobody thought twice about it it wasn't an affectionate thing it's like well how can we sit still for how long it takes to take a picture in current year and they're like well i'm, I'm going to take a bloody knee because this takes forever and i think just nobody thought about it and i think we're heading more in that direction of like you know uh, because it used to be two guys got on a bus and then they would always leave that gap between them. Like they would have to choose a seat with three seats on it so they could have that empty seat between them. Yeah. Because two straight dudes touching their knees is, is Oh, gay. historically, everyone were roommates and they were never partners, you know what yeah. I mean? It's, yeah, yeah. So we're going to see more people who are like, oh, who cares, man? Just sit in the seat next to me. It's not a big deal. Yeah. So we're, we're going to see more of that for sure. Yeah, I'm um, excited to see what gen z's leadership has and i think it's going to change the nature of you know not you're talking about nightclubs and i think they live and breathe on people with expendable incomes mm. and millennials are aging out of that sort of early 20s uh expendable income age bracket and that expendable income with time and not having to go to work first thing in the morning, those yeah. are Gen Z now. Like that's yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's who they are. The um, oldest I, millennials are 40 now. Yeah, but and the youngest ones I think are 25, 26, you know. Yeah. So it really is 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 shifting that way. And it'll be really interesting to see once things start to open up again, how that changes Mm -hmm. i think there's going to be a much more focus on experience and spending time with other human beings yeah yeah, yeah. you know we've come out of two or three years now of being bubbled and and i think that's giving people a sense of claustrophobia where they're like the walls are coming in almost and i need to go to some cove with two of my friends and hike somewhere which for me sounds intolerable but you know i think that's that's what it's going to be I think you're going to get two versions of that because on the one hand, everyone has got so used to, to sort of like facilitating their exposure through something like here, we are now chatting over the internet. Um, you contacted me first thing this morning when I was still waking up and hadn't yet had my coffee. Are you coming over today? And I was like, I haven't even put on the pants yet. So I'm it was nine to... 30. Okay. Yeah, it was nine 30 in the morning. Yeah. I know. I know. I have a sleep disorder. <laughs> um, so, uh, but yeah. So on the one hand, you're going to have people who've just gotten so used to interacting with other people through TikTok dances and through memes and through, like, it's mitigated through that. So you're going to have some people who don't abandon that and they're going to still interact with people that way. And then you have other people who are like, okay, everyone turn your phone off and stick it in this box for the next hour. I think you're going to get like the two extremes. I I don't think, because like, it's nice to think that everyone's going to be happy to be in each other's presence and we're all, you know, cuddling and all that. But fact is like, after living in your cave for two years, there's going to be that sort of like hesitation. There's going to be that sort of culture shock of getting back into public. And some people are going to rush a little bit too quickly into it. And there's other people who are going to hesitate probably more than they need to 
So I think it's it's going to go in two directions with that. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to see more bad news. Oh, um, yeah. You know, the United States sees about 40 trans women murdered every year. Mm. And I think we're going to see more people brutally murdered in the U.S. just for being trans. I don't think they've solved that problem. So we can expect to see that again. But I think in Canada, we're probably going to see a couple more cases where in smaller towns, more rural communities, Mm. someone feels, somebody has the audacity to assume they can bully, manipulate, beat up, rob, Mm -hmm. defile, deface, whatever, wrong somebody just because they're trans or gay or whatever mm-hmm. and what what i what i predict we're going to see is we're going to see that happen because there are people out there with that level of audacity mm-hmm. and uh you know that level of hate but i think we're going to see more stories like mission bc in 2021 where the community collectively goes no that's yeah. not okay that's yeah. not that's not the story of this town. We don't accept that. So, yeah, I think that's going to be one of those things. Let's pick this conversation up in just a few minutes. Mm-hmm. We're going to jump to Fortune by Fjord Mustang, and we will be back just after this.
Hello and welcome back to Cancri, your home of Canada's queer media. Just before the break, uh, we were predicting things that we think will happen in Canada and around the world in 2022. And I had moved on to predicting unfortunate and terrible things because uh, they happen. Um, What's definitely going to happen? What's definitely going to happen? Someone's going to remake a nostalgic movie from the 80s or 90s. And it's I, going to be I, bad. It's probably going to be Disney. Probably Disney I, is going to make, uh, you know, remake a movie from. And they're movie. going to be disappointed that everyone else hates it, and people are going to be surprised that the studio who made it is surprised because that has yeah. been a thing. Didn't Steven Spielberg? Steven Spielberg of the Spielberg movies, yes, um, you know, spent a hundred million remaking West uh, West Side Story. Okay, and it made ten million at the box office. I didn't even know that happened. Yeah, uh, that's the problem. Nobody knew the West Side Story. <laughs> <happened>. <laughs> I think they ended up making thirty million over a couple of weeks, but that's a hundred million down. Yeah. that's not. Good. I was chatting with my roommate about the all-female Ghostbusters, which she hates, and she's like, the number one thing that bothered her about it, she thought about it, was that if she and three other women were to start a company to get rid of ghosts, she's like, I don't think your average woman's first instinct would be to shoot it with a laser. That that's like that's a very man kind of thing, and she was like, yeah, "There will be crystals involved." It that's didn't feel like a woman wrote it, like somebody who understands women or the Ghostbusters, because the Ghostbusters is really a story about a small business. It, they're exterminators, but for ghosts, and they're schlubby. and And she was like, "No, no." I was like, "Well, let's write a better one." And she's like, "No, no, we can do better than that. We got to stop remaking stuff and start making new stuff." And I hope that's something that happens as people figure out to stop being nostalgic. There are books written all the time. There are comic mm. books written all the time. There are cartoons made all the time. Just do something new. If you're going to rip off something, then do something new at least. There's a million things out there. Anyway. That is more cheerful one than the direction I was going in. Yeah. Um, but I just loved her observation. Yeah. Like, I don't think a woman's first instinct is to shoot a ghost with a laser. That seems like a drunk dude decision. I was like, yeah, actually, not that I think about it. Yeah. So what, what else do you got? We got a whole bunch of smaller stories. Yeah, we do. Um, yeah, we'll keep an eye out and maybe we'll revisit this at the end of the year and just see uh, how our predictions panned out. I think I predicted that nothing is going to happen legally and in terms of court cases. Mm. Uh, you predicted that people will go to discos or not. I forget where we landed Spe- on that More one. special events. And now that I think about it, I'm going to say specifically a Thundercats movie. Like, a Thundercats. Um, you think there's going to be... Th- okay. That possibly a Thundercats, yeah. All right. You're here to hear first. <laughs> um, yeah, we had a couple of odds and ends stories. I think yep. we were able to find a few. I found two. <laughs> it's been a, a, a slow couple of weeks, but I think most people have been shut down for a couple of weeks. Not people. Most like organizations and businesses and, and basically like government, the Supreme Court, blah, blah, blah. It's been a slow news week because it's been a slow... Everything week, except for travel and commerce. Um, but yeah, one of the, the stories that I found was um, from Germany. Uh, somebody had the clever idea that since the Berlin nightlife is already shut down, why don't they use those venues as injection sites for uh, booster shots? Uh, and the more I thought about it, the more I was thinking, because uh, I used to work in a bar. And I've been to many clubs at four in the morning when they turn the lights on. And when you get a good look at the layout of a club, the, the floor plan, 
it's not unlike a clinic quite often. You have these nice open spaces. You've got, you know, at the edges somewhere to sit. And you've got a bathroom that's sort of around the corner. It's a little bit private, uh, but not very private because a lot of them don't have doors on them because drunk people mm. just kick those things in. Um, so you tend to have those like U-bend things, which is good for if your hands are washed and you don't want to touch the doors. Like everything about it's great. So, yeah, I mean, that's basically the story was that gay nightclubs in berlin are going to become injection sites but i just thought that was a a cute idea and apparently apparently it was the the club owners who came forward saying our spaces are good for this so there you go i hope they hose them down first because berlin nightclubs have a reputation and they uh, have a reputation yeah they have a reputation yeah yeah Yep. Did, did you find a, a little I story? I did. Uh, in Senegal, we've been keeping an eye on a story that it's a Muslim country in South Africa, in West Africa, sorry. Yeah. And um, it's predominantly Muslim is the is the religion of, yeah. of the country. And they are looking at, uh, there's some MPs that are working on a new bill that would even further restrict homosexuality. Ooh. So it is uh, somewhat criminalized already, and they're looking to to amp it up and make it even more difficult uh, for those who are Senegalese and uh, gay. But in Sri Lanka, we're seeing it going in the other direction. There was recently a court case that said, I mean, first of all, I think there's a law there. Um, I actually happen to have the law here, uh, 36.5 and 36.5a of the Sri Lankan Penal Code, um, which uh, criminalizes acts of same-sex intimacy. Um, but the problem is, is police training. So mm-hmm. there was an, recently a court decision looking to ban um, anti-LGBT police training. Yeah. So that's really interesting as well. So yeah, there's lots of little stories here and there with with LGBT rights progressing a little bit here and regressing a little bit there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's certainly all things that we're keeping an eye on. That's that's actually uh, one of the conservative arguments in favor of decriminalizing things. And I actually saw this when I was looking through the archives for the Ottawa Police uh, Liaison Committee, because I actually have the archives here. I, I need to send them back somewhere. And I was looking at some of the, the uh, meeting records for the first few meetings, and it was actually the police who basically said these laws are unenforceable. And the only way to enforce them is to break other laws of human rights and access. And like there's the, 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 the police act about what the police are and are not allowed to do. And they said the only way we can enforce these laws is to break like other laws. So it was actually that was one of the, the, the conservative arguments in favor of decriminalizing homosexuality. And apparently there's a few places that have used that line of, of reasoning of uh, this is unenforceable. And the only way to enforce it is to basically triple the police force and violate human rights and start invading people in their homes at night and surprising them in their bedrooms. And there's some probably people out there who would find that fun, but uh, by and large, it's a bad thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, it's we're, we're covering news from the, that weird time period between, you know, Christmas and, and new years when nothing yeah. happens. So it, it has been pretty slow uh, globally, I think Russia looked at banning a couple more organizations, declaring them uh, foreign um, foreign agents, uh, mm-hmm. organizations, um, looking at LGBT uh, organizations in particular. I'm trying to get the name of them, but I think both yeah. of these organizations are have Russian names, not really uh, their uh, oh. English equivalents that I've been able to find so See- far. 
I'm I'm of the mindset that if Rush is going to change, it has to happen from the inside. They don't need Stonewall there. Uh, the you know England and the U.S. has a very different history and culture and relationship with the government than Russia does. So if something's going to happen in Russia, it has to come from like an Eastern European cultural background perspective. Um, but if they're banning those as well, then yeah, that's that's not that I'm for banning Stonewall UK. It's just I can see that they're they're going to have less impact anyway, and the argument that they're foreign agents is. Well, no, it's these are, these are Russian organizations. That's yeah, the yeah. The, well, then, yeah, no, I, I obviously am against that. 100%. Yeah, so it was Coming Out yeah. and Reavers, both of which are Russian organizations advocating for LGBT yeah. rights within Russia. And uh, they've been declared foreign agents, which means that uh, the Kremlin has a whole suite mm. of additional tools to help shut them down. Uh, this is not new. The Kremlin yep. has been cracking down on LGBT rights quite firmly in 2021 and carried it through. I have a little bit of a, sort of a bureaucratic <laughs> footnote from France. Um, so I think we mentioned this back in December, but there's a new uh, injection for PrEP, the, the HIV preventing medication. And you get the injection once every one to three months, depending on which version you're getting. Uh, it's going to be a lot better because the issue with uh, PrEP medication, it's not 100% effective in the same way that birth control is not 100% effective, and it's usually user error. If you don't take it at the same time every day reliably, it's going to be less effective. This takes that off the table. You have a calendar date, you show up on the 12th or whenever, you get your injection, you're fine. Um, France has uh, greenlit it, and they're going to they're gonna pay for it bearing in mind that the French healthcare system is sort of a hybrid between the U S and Canada. They are uh, privately run organizations like in the States, but the state puts the bill more or less like Canada. So they have this announcement basically that if you get the pill, not the pill, the injection, um, the government will reimburse you. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be completely on a reimbursement level, which could be, it could be a barrier for people from uh, who have less income. Um, so the, the details on this is not clear, but they're basically saying that it's going to be included as a regular medication that is covered by the state, which is, I mean, normally this would not be a news story, but it has been the news, news week. <laughs> and it's France. And like, nobody's shocked that France is doing the right thing on this. Yeah, we'll be keeping an eye out to see if uh, Health Canada is working on approving a similar regiment here in uh, in Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, in other stu- news that I thought was actually quite interesting at the time, in December, Mr. Gay World resigned Ooh. as Mr. Gay World shortly after becoming Mr. Gay World. Um, for people who are like, how does one become a Mr. Gay World? Like, that seems like, uh, you know, you've won at the game of Grinder and now you're Mr. Gay World. <laughs> um, no, that's not exactly. It's, it's very much like um, it's a American pageant. pageant. It's a beauty yeah. pageant. Absolutely, yeah. hands down. Yeah. And uh, there are national chapters and then an international chapter. But apparently, according to the um, uh, Breitenbach, who is um, uh, the winner, I think his name is Lobri Breitenbach. Um, he decided against uh, L- 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 Breitenbach, I think his name. He is uh, South African eh? and uh, he won Mr. Gay World in 2021. But his issue was is that remuneration for 
their time was detailed in contract number one, hmm. but not in the ones that followed. So he's like, that's a bit sus. Mm-hmm. Um, the contract terms for what he was expected to do were incredibly broad and vague, according to him. And uh, also they required that Mr. Gay World be the exclusive agent for all of his time and, and, and efforts. Now, okay. this is something that we actually saw come up in RuPaul's Drag Race and some of that secret contract negotiations that happen and mm-hmm. about how drag queens are tied to having all of their projects where they are a drag queen approved by RuPaul's Drag Race for 10 years after the fact. It is astonishing. I did not know about yeah, that. Yeah, it is. Maybe it's not 10 years, but it, it is a long time. I forget the exact length, but it, it is a ridiculous amount of time that they control the, the fate of these queens. Hmm. Um, and of course, they become the exclusive agents, which means that they get a cut of every single thing that they do. Um, is that just the winners of, or all of them? I believe it's all of them. Oh my if they God. come up with a catchy catchphrase, RuPaul's Drag Race owns that catchphrase. Um, which you know is what they would use to brand oh, themselves. It's, is it a it's, scam? It's very icky. Is yeah, what it is. Yeah, people. Which is why now we're starting to see the the drag queens from like a decade ago starting to branch out into some really interesting things. Is because the contracts are up. Hmm. <laughs> they're not. Uh, they're not tied down. But uh, this gay world at the time said, look, I've been doing TV for ages. I have a very good agent I work with. I like the guy. I'm going to keep the guy. Mm-hmm. If you want me to do a Mr. Gay World interview and you want to organize that, knock your socks off. Yeah. All things gay world related, knock your socks off. I will yeah, use yeah, yeah. you. Um, but if I get you know, booked on a you know, Criminal Minds episode, you don't need to take my money for that. You know I mean? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, and I was like, I get that. That's really interesting. Now, Mr. Yeah. Gay World, uh, the CEO and uh, chairperson there have denied all of these allegations, saying it was certainly a contract misunderstanding. But I think that's interesting. I think what this demonstrates is it's important to know your worth mm-hmm. when you're entering into negotiations and contracts um, mm-hmm. and be willing to walk away. Um but yeah, he saw the writing on the wall with these unnecessary, giving up a lot of things that were uh, were not as necessary. So mm. yeah, we'll see how it turns out. But that was the interesting news I saw in December. That pretty much wraps it up. I assume things will be happening this week. We will be keeping a BDI on all gay news. There's if probably you, something happening right now. There is probably something happening yeah. right now. Yes. That we just don't know about yet. Let us know, though, at talk, uh, talk at no, at talk cancrea. There we go. Get there in the end. Uh, you can find <laughs> us on Twitter. I should be able to respond. And uh, you can find us on Facebook. But that is it for today. Um, sorry if I've been a bit nasally today. I am a little off, which is why I'm isolating at home. Mm-hmm. Um, we are going to play out by a Cassidy Kivit uh, song. We've had a great time with them. Uh, this is Razor Glass featuring Pepper Coyote. Um, it's definitely a furry song, but like you don't get the furry sense in it, but it's a fun song. Did you and say I, furry? Yes, I did. Okay. And okay. Uh, I wanted to lift up the tone of the show at the end. So yeah, <laughs> let's uh, let's go there. I've been Luke Smith. And I've been Sebastian. And thank you for listening. I gotta get off of the internet before I say something I regret. Cooped up and frustrated. 
my brain goes to dark places it's been hard not gonna lie and it's okay to break down sometimes but i can feel inside i'm gonna make it out alive one day we'll be together someday when the world is better raise a glass to the time we lost like the last year of life was paused and talk till the sun comes up we got a weekend so why stop for more than a year i felt alone days go by never saw a soul i'm in good company at last so join in and raise a glass oh, 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 oh. yeah you know i felt that too sometimes thought we wouldn't get through as days became weeks my outlook turned bleak I spent a lot of time just crying, not living, just surviving. It's tough, but I know tonight I'm gonna make it out alive. One day we'll be together, someday when the world is better. Raise a glass to the time that we lost, like the last year of life was paused. And talk till the sun comes up. We got a weekend, so I stopped. For more than a year, I felt alone. Months gone by, never saw a soul. I'm in good company at last. So join in and raise a glass. Raise a glass. I just wanna hug you. I feel like I could kiss you. I want you to know in every way that I missed you. Oh. I know not everyone is here. Yeah, they won't just disappear. The scars and memories will always be near. Raise a glass to the time that we lost, like the last year of life was paused. Till the sun comes up We got a weekend so I stop Reunite at our favorite place Been too long since I saw your face We don't need to talk about the past Grab a drink and raise a glass Raise a glass to the time that we lost Like the last year of life was paused And talk till the sun comes up We got a weekend so I stop Reunite at our favorite place Been too long since I saw your face yeah, We don't yeah, need to talk about the past Grab a drink and raise a glass